0: I had a feeling in my gut that I was right about this. But I knew that if I was going to say it on this podcast, I needed to be able to back it up with sound data and stats. And so I spent the entire night scouring the internet, reading many different articles and crunching numbers. And it turns out I was right. According to a study conducted by the World Health Organization, there is no one in the world more likely to get COVID-19 than Yaciel Puig. (laughs) Hello, everybody. It is Monday morning, a beautiful morning in Toronto, Ontario, home of the Pittsburgh Blue Jays, Buffalo Blue Jays. You are listening to Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming. And in the other corner, the Viking, Jacob, Young, Chug, Eamon. What's going on? Not much, man. How was your weekend?
1: Uh, Pretty uneventful. Pretty uneventful. Um, But overall, nice, relaxing. Did anything happen? I don't think so. What about you? How was your weekend? Well, I guess we're going to start things off
0: with a little segment that we haven't done in a while. One that I was hoping never to do again, but here we are. It is, what did the teenagers throw on my deck last night? Uh, For anybody who didn't hear this segment previously, I've been living in a new place for about five months. I've been constantly harassed by teenagers throwing trash onto my deck in the night. Uh, it's obviously a humiliating thing because I'm 39 and I'm being bullied by 16-year-olds. But, Jacob, you get two guesses to multiple items that I found on my deck when I got home from work Friday night.
1: Okay. And it wasn't there when you, when you left for work Friday Correct. afternoon?
0: Correct.
1: Okay. Um, do we have a water bottle? No, we do not. No. One more guess, Jacob. No
0: water bottles. They change okay. things up complete change up complete change up
1: whoa okay um let's go with beer can
0: no i don't think they drink i'm not sure i've never seen them drink booze but the correct answer would be chicken bones chicken bones for the win they made me pick up their disgusting chicken bones but hey you know Makes sense, right? You're going to eat, going to clean these chicken bones of all the meat. What are you going to do? Are you going to put it in your pocket? you Are going to throw it out? No, you're going to grenade toss it onto onto this deck. Of course you are.
1: A couple points for you. Did you bag them for me? Because I can run DNA tests on them. We can get exactly who it is. No, I, in a fit of anxiety and rage, uh,
0: launched them back onto their courtyard, and then sat for the next 10 minutes wondering why I, with my bare hand, picked up those chicken bones. I guess that's just what happens.
1: Second thing, did you consider that it could be some form of an animal that was, that was munching down on some garbage bones on your deck? The amount that of times I've seen,
0: the amount of times I've seen these teenagers sawn down chicken in that back courtyard. Plus there's also chicken bones in the alleyway and whatnot. No way, man. No way. There's no way an animal, like, I don't, I don't think my deck is like the restaurant for the animals. They're like, ah, let's bring our food into this beautiful little deck here and clean these bones off. Perfect.
1: All I'm saying is animals are known. They, they get the garbage. They got to go find somewhere safe. It's like a little squirrel or something. He gets the bones, tosses it in his huge mouth rips up to your deck and and munches down on it in in the safety
0: i guess it's possible that they did do that and then i'm the monster for throwing chicken bones into their courtyard i was the problem all along
1: which could have been eliminated if you had kept them bagged them for me so i could run my dna tests on them
0: yeah you know i next time i will do that um I couldn't see through the froth of anger that I was feeling in that moment. But if I can calm myself next time <laughs> and think more clearly, I'll, I'll think that, oh, right, my scientist friend, Jacob, can run the DNA tests on this with his MacBook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing uh, came home. So I was also dealing with some cockroaches. These are really, uh, these are really great times over at uh, the Fleming household. I had German cockroaches, so these are like the kind of brownish cockroaches. Masty. Yeah, apparently the worst ones. They lay the most eggs. They can fit through like the smallest cracks, whatever, whatever. So I hadn't seen them in a while. So I get home also on Friday night. This is right before chicken bone time. There is this massive black roach just sitting in the middle of the floor. And I was like, ugh, ugh. And I was like, I don't know. Is it dead? It's not moving. And so I, I like quickly go into the washroom and I grab some toilet paper because I don't want to touch it with my bare hand. You know, it's not a chicken bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go to pick it up and it starts to scurry away. And I was like, ew, ew, ew. And I just smashed it with the uh, with toilet paper. And you know, all kinds of garbage comes out of it. And so then it's me and the the lady who lives below me. We've been dealing with this rose problem. So I was telling her she asked me have I seen any roaches and I was like I saw this massive black roach last night and she was like oh my god I saw a massive black roach as well and then she texts me like a half hour later and she goes hey I just heard some good news I was like what And she's like apparently those are sewer cockroaches they don't go in (laughs) (laughs) they don't go into your cupboards Uh, they just hang out on the floor and they're They're less difficult to kill. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Here I was thinking this was a gross problem that I was going to have to deal with. They're just sewer cockroaches. Whew, what a load off. I just have to avoid them like landmines on my way to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Oh, thank God. So does that mean they're coming out of your toilet? (laughs) I don't know, man. Apparently, they come in through cracks in the foundation. And, I mean, there's no way that the roaches start on the second floor. I live on the second floor of a house. So, I mean, the issue is down, down into the basement or whatever. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe, oh, God, dude, don't say they come out of my toilet. I'm not going to be able to take a shit for the next two (laughs) months if I'm thinking that one of those, like, rat-sized roaches is going to be crawling up the bowl.
1: Do you have a bathtub or is it just a shower? Both. Both. They're definitely coming out of the bathtub sink, man. Fuck. That hole. Oh, my God.
0: And, And the other thing, too, is like where I found it was right outside my bedroom door. And it's like, look, my man, I get that you have to be in here for whatever your reasons are. But please stick to the kitchen. That's where the other roaches were. Just go to the kitchen. Don't come where I sleep. Don't bury yourself in my ear.
1: Now, this might be going a little overboard, but I do have a sort of sadistic side, some might say. Have you considered keeping some of these roaches and using them as projectiles against the teenagers? So you grab a couple of roaches, you keep them in a jar. Next time you've got some chicken wings on your deck, you say, Oh, You want to throw chicken wings? How about live roaches, kids? And you You start launching those things over there. Maybe get a slingshot. One
0: of the biggest problems with the the teenagers throwing stuff is that I've never seen them out there. I've only been told that it's them who does it. And every time I go out there and I find stuff, the courtyard's empty. And I go out there sometimes at night. I'm like, this is how bad it's gotten. I'm out there sometimes just waiting, just waiting, you know, maybe sipping on some wine, have the lights off, and just like I'm in the fucking trenches of a war. And I'm like, go on, just throw something. As soon as you do, I'm going to give you an earful I've never seen the thing uh, be thrown. But to your point, that's not a bad idea. But the thing is, is that I'd have to touch the roach to throw it, you know, or I'd have to fling it out of the jar, like just fling it out of the jar. The the accuracy for that would be so difficult. They might not even see it and then it would be all for naught. David, uh, if you could sum up how the pandemic has affected you. Well, I am currently trying to collect roaches in a jar to throw them at teenagers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea, is all I'm saying. It's not a uh, bad idea. So tell me, about, tell me about work. You were working all weekend.
0: Yeah, man. You know what was fucked up, too, on Friday night? I'm serving this guy, and he's like, and pardon my uh, impression of him. This is just what he sounded like. I'm serving a guy, and he's like, I was like, hey, how have you? How have you been doing? And he's like, oh, man, I've had the worst stomach pains. I was throwing up all day. I was like, oh, fuck, are you serious? Like, you might have it. And he's like, no, 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 I don't have it. I just my stomach is killing me. And I was like, well, dude, like, what do, you, what do you think the symptoms of COVID are? Because they're pretty wide-ranging. I go in, and I'm talking to my owner, and I was like, I can't serve this guy. He's got to get the fuck out of here. I, I'm not serving anybody because... Look, we're all aware of what's going on right now. There's nobody that's blind to it. So if you are sick and you're comfortable enough to just talk openly about feeling sick, you're out. I'm not serving you. You're gone. And she's like, (laughs) okay, I'll just get someone else to serve him. Like, What do you mean? Then they're going to get it. And then I'm going to get it. We're all going to get it. In fact, we probably already all have it. And she's like, no, I think he was just throwing up probably because he's he's got some sort of stomach bug. I was like, yeah, that seems like something I want to gamble on. You're probably right. Here I am overreacting.
1: Fuck, man. What's the limit? What, what is do the you mean? like if you went up to her and be like, this guy's hack and he's sweating in the chair <laughs> like oh, <laughs> this guy is sick. He's sick. He keeps asking to go to the bathroom. He's got, clearly he's got diarrhea. He's sweating. It's, <laughs> and he's keeping is Can we that, him out?
0: <laughs> this guy has said that his lungs feel like glass and that he said to me, the virus is taking over his thoughts and his feelings. So uh, he wants a glass of wine. Can I give it to him or
1: is that too much? You guys need a thermometer, one of those guns or something. Just be like, hey, just just boom, just put the gun up to their forehead
0: <laughs> as soon as he says his stomach hurts
1: i just grab him by the hair pull his
0: head back and shove a thermometer <laughs> up his mouth
1: yeah but seriously you you guys need to have a conversation with that owner about some logistics here and what's what's really allowed
0: this guy was inside the restaurant no oh. mask just like being like can i get a tequila can i get a tequila it's like dude it, like even if okay let's say you have it You know, and let's say that uh, we're even going to allow you to be in here. Maybe don't yell because you're shooting the particles further than they need to be shot. This is a small place. Just go back outside. Just wear a fucking mask and go back outside. And then he starts picking at the bread that we had. We had a tray of bread, and he just starts picking at it. And I was like, well, nobody else gets bread tonight.
1: As I mentioned last time, if you do want to know where David works, just (laughs) shoot me a DM on Twitter at Underdogs Canada. I'll let you know exactly where it is, and you never have to go there again. (laughs) It's
0: the new epicenter of the virus. You want to get into – to where our Blue Jays are gonna be playing this year. No place like home, right, David? <laughs> no place like home. I will say, look, it, in, in a way you know, it is disappointing because it just feels like it puts them at this disadvantage to be scrambling to find a place to, to play and it, they're behind and they're not gonna be comfortable and it's gonna be maybe an awkward transition, but there is a part of me that was kind of proud to be Canadian that the government was being so strict about this and that we are dealing with this virus in a, in a seemingly much better way than our uh, neighbors to the south.
1: Oh, absolutely. And just to recap, in case you don't know what's going on out there, the federal government denied the Blue Jays' request to allow them to play home games in Canada this season at the Rogers Centre. Um, it's left them with, with essentially no good options for where to play. They're, the Dunedin complex in Florida. I mean, that will that will decimate them. Surely, someone will die if they play there. Um, Buffalo is not up to snuff in terms of lighting, in terms of uh, clubhouse size, clubhouse sizes. Um, then the the Buffalo mayor goes on Twitter and it's like, please come. We we would love to have you play at Salem Salem Fields, and it sort of seems like you know, it sort of seems like that's going to be the option, right? That. Shapiro or Atkins or whatever—they're saying that it's not set in stone, but that it's it's the most viable option. Um, And then you hear on Twitter, um, or maybe it wasn't even Twitter. There was maybe there's an article. Tony Bass and uh, Teoscar Hernandez were interviewed and saying they want to play in major league stadiums and that they feel it would be a disadvantage for them to play in anywhere that wasn't a major league stadium. Um, So then you hear reports that they could apparently uh, be splitting games between Washington and Baltimore, going back and forth between those stadiums when they can, or between the stadiums in Chicago. Then this morning or last night, there's a report coming out that they could be playing in PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Um, And that sort of makes sense because of the relationship uh, ben Sherrington, the uh, who's the GM there just came from Toronto and the assistant came with him. so the front offices have relationships. Um, apparently though there's a seven seven game overlap on their schedule so it's not perfect either.
0: I don't know what Teoscar Hernandez's problem with playing in Buffalo is. He spends half his year there anyway. Hayo. <laughs> <Hi-yo>. hi <Hey-yo.
1: laughs>
0: That that seems really awkward thing. I mean, it'd be cool if they played at PNC Park, you know, it it's definitely gorgeous. would be cool if they played they played at any major league stadium. I just feel that that's it is awkward. It, it's definitely awkward. It's not like the other leagues where everybody is kind of in this found home. It's not like the NBA, you know, where everyone's going to be playing in these kind of makeshift courts and or like even like the nhl that's has you know two bases where hockey's going to be playing everybody else is playing in their in their home stadium and that's going to be really awkward for the blue jays to move into somebody else's home it's like nobody wants that roommate you know like the the team that's there probably doesn't want the blue jays coming in
1: yeah i guess you now you've been to buffalo but i i can't imagine that it would feel better to play at someone else's home in someone else's locker room with all of the branding of them there and being like, this is our home. This is where we want to dominate people and choose that over uh, the stadium in Buffalo. In theory, they get the lighting upgraded there. They add more lighting. They put in some locker rooms, other places. To me, I would rather feel like I have this place that that is ours, that people are coming into, and that it feels like, you know, this is where we... Hang our hat or whatever um, it it just surprises me that the the players i guess there's it, it, it seems almost like a bougie thing to me like oh well, we I have to slum that- it.
0: I think that, you know, I mean, I have been to Buffalo, but I haven't been behind the scenes. I haven't been to the clubhouse and stuff like that. And you know what it's like, man, when you go to a, a theater, regardless of what it's like on the stage, you got some dirty ass green rooms and some shitty places that you don't yeah. like hanging out. You got fucking rats running around. And they also have this relationship with Buffalo, you know, where anytime they have to go to Buffalo, it's like, oh, f- fuck I gotta go to Buffalo and you know everything is downgraded from the major league standpoint when you go there and so it's probably just this like accumulation of the years of the time that they've spent in Buffalo that they just don't want to be there you know they want to be in a nice major league stadium but for sure it's you know an element of it is the bougie
1: thing that you're saying I just can't get over the psychological aspect of playing in someone else's park
0: I can't get over the fact that the league starts this week and they don't know where they're playing. Yeah. That, that seems so crazy to me.
1: I just imagine Shapiro's office decimated. Like, he, he goes <laughs> off on it with a bat that he's got in there like a player who's just struck out for the fourth time in a game.
0: <laughs> do you think players are intimidated by Shapiro? Like, do you think they're, in general, they're intimidated by the presidents of the club? Like a star. I, I mean, obviously, any player that's trying to make the team is going to be intimidated by somebody in that position. But do you think that they're intimidated, like stars are intimidated by him?
1: I, that's a good question. I really don't know. I mean, I think probably more than Ross Atkins, just because I feel like there's a level of respect for Shapiro and his, his history, his longevity in the game that, but but then with, with Atkins, you know, this is the guy who theoretically could be trading you if he just didn't like you for some reason. But Yeah, but Atkins know. was a
0: player too, right? So he can at least relate to them on that level as well. I mean, he you know, he wasn't a major league player, but yeah. he was a player. <laughs> Which is something, you know, it is something. That, that you might know, almost make it worse.
1: The-
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like, oh yeah. Couldn't make it, eh? And you want to tell me what to do? Yeah, <laughs> you, you want to judge me? Why don't we take a look at some of your clips?
1: Yeah. <laughs> David, here's a question for you. Here we go. I want you to tell me a trade that you would be willing to make to try and make this team better right now. Um, any any player? I'm, and I, I don't want to hear you be like, oh, I'm going to trade some unknown prospect from. I would never, never do that. Okay, I would okay. never
0: do that. Don't put that on me. I would never say
1: that. Okay. So w- in your mind, what's, what's, what's an idea for you to make a trade? You're the GM now. You can do anything you want.
0: Here's what I'll say to that. I don't know how specific you want me to get with who I would get. But uh, here's the untouchables before I get into this question. These are the untouchables for me. Yep. Bichette, don't touch him.
1: Don't lay a finger on him.
0: Guerrero, don't touch him. Nate Pearson, get your slimy, snaky fingers off of him. Yep. Now, second tier. Yeah. If you're gonna trade Guriel, yep. If you're gonna trade Biggio, Mm -hmm. you better fucking hit a home run with it. You better bring in a piece that just makes this team so much better. Because if you miss and you get rid of those guys. That is awful. I would be so upset at that. I don't want them to trade those guys necessarily, but I think that you could get something good for uh, Bird Bones Guriel, even though he seems to get hurt anytime he uh, wakes up in the morning. But as long as he can stay healthy, I think that you could get something pretty good for him. And I think that it has to be starting pitching. Really? And it has to be, yeah. what? Who? You, I mean, I think it's, I th- here's what I think. I think it's, now I know, you know, caveat, I know that it's tough to sign big free agents to come to Toronto. I know that they don't like, the fact, the money's not worth as much or maybe they take a higher tax cut or, you know, they have to go through the border, blah, 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 blah. The market's not as big. Yep. I think that there's a version where when this team starts to cook, like even if it's in this shortened season, I think that you can get a big outfielder. Obviously, the Blue Jays need a big bat in the outfield. I think you could get that in free agent. I think it's tougher for them to get uh, starting pitching in free no. agency.
1: No, 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 no. I Well, you might be right about that. I'm going a different route, I think. If I'm making a trade – I am seriously looking between Reese McGuire and Danny Jansen. I'm you get, too- what are
0: you going to get for that? Five hot dogs? You're not going to get anything for that. What are you're you not going to get what about- you need. What are you going to get that you need for those guys?
1: I feel like you're really underestimating the value of particular. They haven't Danny shown Jansen. it
0: yet. I know that he was a, a gold glove caliber type catcher last year, but you need to wait on him if he's going to have the value that you think. You need to, he needs to have a good offensive year. And until that happens, you don't touch
1: him. I disagree. Otherwise, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a number four starter for him. Well, first of all, I'm not going for a starter in a trade. You're going for an outfielder. That's right. What outfielder do you think you're getting for Danny Jansen? Someone on an equivalent level of Danny Jansen. Someone who's a top, who was a top twenty five prospect in the game. Who has gone to being able to handle a major league starting catcher's job. Who was a Gold Glove finalist as a catcher and who has a history of raking in the minor leagues who just is was overwhelmed obviously with a lot of pitchers in his system that he had to deal with some of the the highest number of different pitchers on his team over the course of a season this this guy has a lot of value so who who are you going to get for him give me a player that you think you
0: could get for Danny Jansen
1: i went on a trade simulator uh, the baseball trade value simulator last night looking to see, first of all, what Danny Jansen's value was and seeing if I could find the kind of person that I was looking for. And the, the, the kind of player that I was targeting is, is a team who has an outfielder, preferably a center fielder, a defensive center fielder who can hit and, uh, is blocked from a major league job right now. And, uh, the person that I targeted was, uh, Kyle Tucker, um, prospect on the Astros, who uh, has, and basically Jansen, his uh, value was on this site 41.7, Kyle Tucker's was 43.9. I put the trade in, boom, they thought it was an acceptable trade. And uh,
0: there's so much upside to having an offensive catcher. And that's what Danny Jansen projects to be. He projects to be somebody who is going to hit in the major league level. If you look around the league, there are so few catchers that are offensive anymore. So if you give him the chance to have a a little bit more time in the big league level, you're going to be able, if you're going to trade him, you would have such so much more value to get somebody who's not fucking Kyle Tucker.
1: What's wrong with Kyle Tucker.
0: If you dude you need somebody you need somebody bigger than that. I'm th- you need a fucking stud in the outfield. You don't need someone who like should be good or or could be good, like who projects to be good.
1: You need a fucking dude who's shown people that he's good already. I don't know. I want someone that I can build around for the future that I really believe in that's going to be around the same age that like Tucker was taken fifth in the draft in 2015. His time is now. He, he came up in 2018. He didn't do so great. Went back down to AAA. They brought him back up in September last season, and he no, played a lot better. That's a gamble,
0: better. man. You don't trade Danny Jansen for a fucking gamble. That's a long time ago, 2015. Then you came up
1: not that good. You came up in
0: 2018. Yeah. Maybe you just give, uh, give Reese the to him. That, for him, that, that'd be better. Hey, guys, here's Reese McGuire. He's shown some offensive prowess in the big leagues. His only problem is jerks off in public and uh, makes people feel a bit uncomfortable.
1: Look, all I'm saying is I'm good to, I'm good to try and pick between one of those guys because one of those guys, to me, is capable of being a catcher for the majority of a season. And we've got two of them, and that is a big – I mean, it's a huge plus to have both of them. But if we can have the same kind of value, the same kind of youth and future from an outfielder that we we just don't seem to have, especially a center fielder. It's just too soon
0: for, man. It's too soon. Those guys have too much potential upside that could increase their value. If you trade them now, you're going to get a Kyle Tucker, where in a year, maybe a little bit longer than that, you could get a stud for them.
1: The problem is, like, what, what kind of stud are we talking about? Talking about
0: a corner outfield bopper. Well, you don't want that. You don't want another. You don't want a, a Jose Bautista back on the team.
1: Well, in my mind, I feel like we've kind of got the boppers. Gurriel, he can hit. Gritchuk, he can bop. What I what I want is someone who is all around, who can hit for average, who's got speed, who is super athletic, and can run into a couple of home runs in the center field position. You know that that's that's the kind of guy that I want, and I think you know. My, my reasoning behind looking looking at the whoever I think is the better defensive catcher is that from the looks of it, this Alejandro Kirk, Kirk catching prospect that we have, he looks like he's going to mash, okay? This guy, everything you see about him, it seems like this guy is going to hit. So, you know, maybe he's a year away. Maybe he's two years away. If I can fill in with, with uh, 25 games in a season with Caleb Joseph and one of my guys, especially Aww. this year... I know, I know it doesn't sound oh. great, but if we, can turn, if we can turn one of these guys into someone who's going to be something in the outfield, someone who's on the same level as these guys that we have now in the infield, <clears throat> that's, that's a move I'm going to try and make.
0: Man, I would just rather go get a fucking corner outfield and free agency, just overpay for a dude who's proven major league guy. I think that's easier to do than uh, trying to take some fucking gamble on an unproven guy
1: yeah maybe you're right i mean but who mookie we're gonna get Mookie. (laughs) why not well you say that and you get this smile on your face.
0: why not why not
1: all right so let's let's wrap up here i just want to before we go i want to talk a little bit about the raptors we haven't been discussing the raptors very often Um, but I'm sure that we will be because playoff basketball is starting very soon and it is going to be intense. Um, but I want to just, I just want to praise the Raptors organization for a second here because what they are doing for their team as an organization, I'm just so proud of, and I have so much admiration for what they do. First of all, these guys arrive, they get out of a, a a tour bus, a Raptors bus. It's got Black Lives Matter written on it. Everyone on Twitter's taking note of uh, what a great gesture that is for the social justice movement right now. Um, And then the players get off the bus, they head to their rooms, and in their rooms they found have been pre-set up with photos of their families, of their kids, of their wives. Um, And I'm just like, amazed at what a thoughtful and sweet gesture that is from this organization to show these guys and and that there is like there's that there's got to be a team somewhere in this organization that is just thinking how can we make our guys happier how can we make their lives better and make surviving in the bubble that much easier and it's such a small gesture such but the thought behind it is is massive to me to to know that the organization actually cares about your your mental state about your your well-being it it just seems special
0: i think in a weird way that because the raptors are such a well put together team and because the organization is so great that that's why we don't talk about them as much on this podcast because there's less conflict there's less things to grab onto but i wish you know that any organize, that any fan base could experience what an organization like the Raptors is because there's so much integrity, so much class from the top to the bottom, and the way that their players uh, come together, and the coaching staff, and with Masai. And I think that that's going to be one of the biggest things for them that is to their advantage as the NBA is in this bubble because there's going to be a massive element to this that is mental. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like you know, as the days go on and they're and they're in this bubble and you know, it starts to become more real about the situation that they're in. It's to be mentally strong and to stay the course is going to be a huge element of who succeeds. And I put my money on the Raptors in that. And I trepidatiously say that I think that the Raptors can repeat.
1: Yeah, you can't rule that out. And and the organization, like you say, top to bottom, this organization is so focused right now and so together, so unified. Like I saw this video of Masayu Jiri doing a tour of the Raptors' floor. And first of all, that Masayu Jiri is there at all and in the bubble with them. He doesn't need to be there. But yet, here he is doing a tour of their floor, and they get out of the elevator, and the first thing you see, they've, they've got this massive photo on the wall of the Toronto skyline. Beside that, there are flags, there is Raptors' memorabilia, there's photos on the walls in frames that they've put up of the parade. Every door on this floor has the Raptors logo on it for each of these guys. It's a Raptors floor. And so it just like, I, I just feel so pumped up going in there because it looks, it looks like they've made it feel like home and that Masai is there, the president, and, and Bobby Webster, the GM, is there as well. But they're living on the same floor. Masai in this video shows his room. And then goes and he checks in on Norm Powell getting a massage in their little training room.
0: And do you know that none of the other presidents or GMs are doing the same thing?
1: I I don't know that. Um, I have have no idea if they're doing that. But uh, it makes me feel like they're so together and that there isn't a a delineation between who's in charge, what the ranks are. It's like, we are a a squadron. We're a battalion and we're going into war together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So what is it? We're uh, less than two weeks away from, from the NBA resuming. And I think that's such a great point of why we aren't talking about the Raptors right now, because it's, I think that's going to change pretty drastically. When oh, yeah. when the games start and and it's it's really accurate because the Blue Jays and baseball is in such a different situation. It's so easy. There's so much to talk about. First of all, just any training camp, any season starting has so many more stories. Who's going to make the team? Who's getting injured in training camp? What are the positions available? What are the expectations? The Raptors, they're a well-oiled machine. It's 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 the same team almost minus a, a couple of huge dudes that won a championship <laughs> last season. Um, they're going into the playoffs. They've been great all season. Um, there's no, there's no drama. So <laughs> there's not a lot to discuss until they start playing base until they start playing basketball again. Um, you know, there's Go no, I was just going to
0: say, I think that, that we're going to start to feel that, that fire for the Raptors. As soon as we watch their opening tip off of their first game, we're going to be like, Oh yeah. How much I love this team and love Cause I mean, it's so much fun when your team's amazing. Yeah. It's another thing. The blue Jays are so unknown. You don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. And like, neither of us would be surprised if they won 15 games this year, Yeah, but you know that the Raptors are going to be in the mix. You, I have a good feeling that they're going to be there very late into the playoffs, but they're at least going to go into the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. And I'm so excited by this bubble and everything I read, every video that I see looks, it just looks like so much fun for these guys, despite, especially early on, they're not missing their families a crazy amount of time. They haven't been there for... This and they're probably relieved
0: they've been around their families non-stop <laughs> yeah. for like almost five months i bet there's a part of it that is like oh, okay a little vacation it's nice yeah. yeah they
1: could they could do it and they can pretty much do anything it looks amazing they can go swimming they can go play golf they can go fishing they can play video games all night after practice if they want and meanwhile i I was just thinking about the camaraderie that must be building these guys that have to compete against each other all the time. They're on different parts of the country or they're in they're in Canada in a different country. Now they're all like in this little bubble together and they can hang out, get to know other teams. I was thinking, you know, what happens when walking down the hallway, Masai Ujiri sees Giannis and they're like, oh, hey, dude want to i'm just going to get a coffee you want to walk with me for a second just like the possibility for kind of backdoor relationships that you know messiah already has a a relationship with Giannis, but all of the possibilities that could be happening in, in people's rooms in meeting rooms
0: Well, I wonder because the media has been told, you know, to stay away from the players. The media has been told to like there's different tiers of, I don't know, importance or whatever you want to call it within this bubble. And so I wonder where GMs and presidents are in that in that in that realm. Like, are you allowed? Is he allowed to do that? Is he allowed to go up and talk to Giannis or is he have to stay away? You know, in theory, quote unquote, um, and not do that. Because I was listening to one of the media guys talking. he's like, well, I know these players. you know they come up and talk to me. what am I supposed to do? Tell them to go away So I mean you can't really avoid that but I do wonder where they stand in the rules of this bubble of what they're allowed to do.
1: yeah well and if if Messiah happens to be fishing and, and Giannis goes <laughs> to the same bridge to, to try and catch a fish, you know what, who's going to stop them? Can, just you could see imagine some like spy shit happening. Ways yeah. to ways to talk to, to dudes out there.
0: Yeah, man. It's exciting. It's all about to start to get going. And uh, I mean, our lives are going to change because we're going to have other things to talk about that aren't speculative.
1: Yeah. And we're going to have to start choosing in evenings whether we want to watch baseball or playoff basketball. <laughs> it's going to be... I mean, I'll watch both,
0: but it's hard to say which what you'll watch live for sure.
1: So all of that to look forward to. Blue Jays playing Boston tomorrow night. I don't know when Pearson's scheduled to pitch. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. One of those games. Um, get ready for a no-hitter, I would say. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, another another big Monday here on Underdogs. If you're enjoying the show, please follow us on Twitter, at Underdogs Canada. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating leave a review make sure that you're subscribed you can you can find us on youtube as well we're starting to turn these podcasts into videos you can see if you want to get a visual representation of what these conversations are like go on there and reminder to everyone out there we are drafting wednesday night for our fantasy baseball league we still have a couple of spots available so if you want to join us it's going to be a lot of fun send us a direct message on twitter at underdogs canada or you can email us, underdogs at gmail.com. Have a great Monday, and we'll be back here tomorrow.